You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is Ruv English. I'm Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your time as ever. And today I think we have time for a new episode of The Week in Iceland. The dominant story has been the volcano, but there are plenty of other things to talk about as well, which I will do today in the company of my colleague Ingun Laura Christiansdottir here at Ruv. Ingun, hello. Hello, Darren. Lovely to talk to you and lovely to talk to you other than just across from each other as our desks yeah, are situated Yeah, because we sit opposite office. each other at we the office. We do, but we can't really talk that often because we've mm. got screens in the way. That's right. And in your case... Those screens have lots of graphical content, lots of video content that's oh, been coming yes. in from the eruption, from the volcano. And and you get that out on Instagram and various other channels as well, don't you? Oh, yes. So I have this constant stream of the volcano in front of me, <laughs> always looking for, yeah, a new... A new way to look at it. Yeah. That there's, yeah, constant new news. And it's so it. popular, that kind of content, not just for people in Iceland, but all around the world. Oh, internationally, internationally. massively. It's yeah. such a striking sight, isn't it? Oh, yes. Well, it's well because seeing a volcanic eruption, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing for many people. Yeah. Maybe not here in Iceland, where, you know, I've probably lived through eight volcanic eruptions. Mm. But it's definitely the international um, interest is massive. Yeah. Massive, yeah. And we can see that with the numbers. We can see the number of people who are viewing a particular piece of content. It's just staggering. Yeah, especially on TikTok. I think I, yeah. I posted one uh, video. Usually if it's uh, shown here in Iceland, it'll get maybe like a few, uh, like 20, 30,000 views, maybe like 100, 200,000 views. Yeah. But as soon as I'm uh, posting like internationally about the volcanic eruption, we're up in the millions. Yeah. And that was a big, like, whoa, that was a big jump. <laughs> yes, and I've been on TikTok thanks to your efforts yes, this year. Yes, thank you very much. For the first much. time ever. <laughs> Slowly but steady getting everyone onto Absolutely. the platform. All right, well, let's talk about the eruption firstly because we're having this conversation on Monday afternoon. We're, what, three weeks into this now, mm. I think, just about. And um, it's not doing anything particularly Exciting. That said, the crater rim did collapse earlier today on the north side. So the lava is now flowing again in a slightly different direction. Yes, slightly different direction. So this is like the second or third sort of uh, breakdown of that crater. It keeps building up and building up. And then obviously there's so much pressure on it from the inside that it'll mm. collapse on one side which why it's extremely dangerous for people to be right up to the crater. We've that seen... doesn't feel like something that needs to be Oof. said, but it needs to yes, be said. Yes, but it needs to be said. We've seen, we've, we see it on our cameras just from the live view, people yeah. going right up to the brim of the molten flowing lava. And it's extremely dangerous because it can come flowing at like 30 kilometers per hour, which doesn't sound like much, but that is a lot. Yeah, try outrunning it. Yeah. This is molten rock. Oof. It, it, I mean, again, it doesn't feel like something that needs to be said, but some of those images that we've seen are just extraordinary. Yeah, it's scary. And a minority of people, of course, but enough, I think, of a danger presented, certainly for the police to close the eruption site now mm -hmm. or the route to the site every day at 6 p.m. Every day after 6 p.m., because after 6 p.m., that's when people are also, you know, drinking alcohol. They are, you know, becoming more reckless. You have some people that are... You know, hanging out for a long while and it, it becomes this sort of festival mood at the volcanic <laughs> eruption site. So yeah. they've decided to just close it down just yes. to be safe. This oh. is not the Blue Lagoon. You can't just hang out in the middle of it, in the middle of the night. Yes, but that being said, we have noticed that, you know, very um, hikers that are used to this terrain, that they are still going in after the closure. Mm. 
But I think they're not really doing much about it as long as people, those people are being quite safe. Yes. I think it's for more of the bigger general public, especially tourists that come there to yeah. so, so when party. we say that the, the route is closed and the police mm. are closing it, does that mean then that it's illegal to go there well, after 6pm? Well, that's a big PM? question. Like, can you legally ban people from going to the site? I mean, it, it is a matter of security, of yes. people's uh, well-being and, and their livelihoods. But I think that's a big question to be asked. Like, can you legally tell people not to go hiking in a certain place? And, of course, Icelanders have always had pretty much the right to do that, to explore their own country, to go to whichever sites they want. Mm -hmm. And I think um, sometimes I feel like the... Like the national security, uh, like people that they sometimes overstep a bit of boundary of not letting people go in because it is our right to, you know, go across our country and especially Mm. for for journalists to go and, you know, record these things. And I sometimes feel that they are pushing it a bit too much Mm. that we cannot. It's a difficult balance to strike, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, of course. Have you been? No, I haven't been to this one yet. I've only seen like the <laughs> the place where all the cars go in. Yes. But I went to the first and the second one. The first one was just gorgeous, definitely gorgeous. And yeah, but I think my thing and with a lot of Icelandic people is, well, we're going to have eruption every year from now on. It does on, feel that so. way, doesn't it? Well, I just <laughs> want to read an email that I got from Harvey, I think. Harley, I should say, forgive mm. me. Harley Hopkins, who is in Virginia. Uh, coming to Iceland in a couple of weeks with his wife, asking if the authorities are going to open up a new hiking route, uh, mm. one that doesn't require you to walk for 18 kilometres there and back. And of course, we just don't know. We don't know what the fate of this thing is going to be. Yeah, that's the thing. And people keep thinking like, oh, why aren't we taking that shorter route from this location or this location? Yeah. And they have to keep in mind that they are exploring every single location. And what they have to keep in mind is, is there a place where you can have proper parking? Mm. Is there a location where uh, the lava won't uh, come up? Mm. Because there mm. obviously can't be other places of new, crea- um, uh, like lava fissures coming yes. up. They have to keep that in mind. They have to keep in mind that the uh, like response team would be able to go and pick someone up if there is an accident. And of course, uh, for um, controlling the amount of people coming, yeah. like, like controlling the masses. So they have to think of all these things. And that's why that location was picked out. Yeah. And a lot of the pickups, a lot mm. of the rescues that are happening, they're not people being rescued from the molten lava because that's no, impossible. No. In, in, in many cases, it's people who've just become exhausted. Yes. And they are not uh, properly prepared. They're yes. not wearing, you know, the right equipment, the right shoes. They might get too cold or, yeah, simply uh, exhausted from the long hike. Yeah. Well, one way to watch it safely, of course, is to follow closely our webcam, which is still available on all the Roof web uh, online services. Looking at it right now, um, and you can actually see where that crater has collapsed or mm-hmm. part of the crater has collapsed on the north side. It means the whole crater is now smaller. It's oh, yeah. lower down than it was. Oh, yeah. Well, or, or is it building, <laughs> is <laughs> the terrain around it building up, like Maybe up that's, to it? <laughs> yes. It's like they used to say it would be easier to, uh, to, to, uh, to lower the ocean than to raise the Titanic. <laughs> Um, something that is causing disruption to a lot of people, though, across the capital area, the helicopters and, and some aeroplanes as well, but mainly helicopters that mm. are flying from Reykjavik Airport out towards the eruption site. A lot mm. of people are annoyed by the noise. Yes, well, there's been an increase, uh, quite a big increase yeah. in uh, helicopter travels from the airport in Reykjavik, so ac- yes. across uh, 
uh, a lot of um, the neighborhoods in the broader Reykjavik area, in the greater Reykjavik area, so people living in Kopavogur and Hapnarfjörður and Garðabær, they are hearing quite a lot of helicopter noise. Mm. I had an email from a woman who said that <laughs> just for fun, she started to write down the number of times. This is like every three minutes. Yes, I've got the time. If this is the same one you're referring to, mm. 235, 239, 251, 254, 257, yeah. three o'clock and 11 minutes past three, which is seven and a half an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, that... so and, and we've actually just moved house to Kopovoi. Oh, oh, gosh. Now, now you're going to so experience we're, so we're, it. <laughs> and every time I park there, because we're still moving stuff suitcase by suitcase, mm-hmm. carload by carload, and every time I park, another helicopter seems to go over. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a thing for a while. Yes. And, you know, we have short summers in Iceland, very short summers. And when we have good weather, we like to be outside, enjoying it in the nature, in our garden, having like that peace and quiet that we have in Iceland. However, <laughs> big <laughs> number of people in Reik- in the bigger like Reykjavik area, they are not able to enjoy it because of the constant noise from the helicopters. Two hundred and forty takeoffs and presumably landings as well at heli- at uh, Reykjavik yes. Airport over the course of the weekend. Mostly helicopters, but some small planes too. Yes, the small like sort of the Cessnas, the yes. the, the small helicopters that you often see uh, flying over the Reykjavik area. Because uh, it's not just an increase in the helicopter tourism. There's also another increase, which is quite interesting, which is the luxury tourism in Iceland, mm. where you have, you know, lots of people have their, you know, the small ones, but also the quite beautiful, gorgeous private planes, like yes. flying them across like North Iceland and, and the Reykjavik area, which is quite an interesting type of tourism. It's an interesting development, isn't it? Yeah. And I suppose, you know, if you have the means... Wouldn't you go and fly over a volcanic eruption? I have to say, yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, at least I would. at least once. I think, you know, everyone is getting quite concerned about private planes and private jets. But mm. who among us would not, in that situation, That's the thing. instructed I mean, to be flown over the volcano? I would love to fly over a volcanic eruption. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's no shortage of companies that would relieve you of a fairly sizable sum of money mm. to do yeah, so. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's the noise pollution. We've, I think we've touched on the on the gas pollution as one. Well. Maybe we should touch on yeah, the gas pollution this, that's like, coming from the There's been this blue election. fog all over. Yeah. Right? Have you noticed it? I, do you know what? On, on Thursday, or fr- I think it was Friday, mm. I was back in the UK briefly on Friday. So I was driving out to Keplavik and I thought I noticed something, but then I just assumed I was you know, making it up and mm-hmm. then, then realised, of course, there was a story to write yeah. about this mix of gas and fog over the capital area. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, is it a bit foggy? But I was like, no, 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 we have fog and it does not look like this. No. It, it feels like we're encased in this bluish-white bubble almost. Yes. When the wind started to drift towards us and we have these massive... You know the the smoke and steam coming from the the lava site. Mm. Uh, it it feels like we're encased uh, in this bubble and it's trapping heat. So yes. we've had quite warm days. Like, and 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 quite foggy, gassy air. Foggy, on, gassy on air. Yeah. And yeah, and it measured all the way up to Isafjörður in the West Fjords. Indeed. What is Indeed. that like? Three hundred, four hundred kilometers away. Well, it's thirty-five minutes in an aeroplane. Yeah. So it's a long, it's a long way for the it <laughs> for is. the pollution to travel. To have it all the way over there, and there's yeah, been yeah. this discussion that we don't have enough like sensors uh, in mm. Iceland to be properly able to measure the amount of uh, pollution. Yes. So I think that's something that we have to, <laughs> if we're going to continue having these yearly eruptions. Well, there's no guarantee. 
Yeah. But that's three out of three mm-hmm. after, what, 800 years of silence? Oh, gosh. So something's going on. Yeah, 800, 900 years, <laughs> and suddenly it's awoken, this dragon, this beast yes. beneath us. Well, we've talked about noise pollution. We've talked about the gas pollution. Here is some good news mm. in terms of what is or maybe isn't in the air. The pollen count this oh, year yes. is far below average. Indeed, in Akureyri, there has never been as little birch pollen measured in July as this year. And that's down to the fact that it's been a colder start to the year. Oh, yeah. It's kept the pollen count down. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that, that it's 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 coming in quite late. Yes. Uh, so we, because I, I get a lot of allergies in the summer and uh, pollen and grass uh, and sometimes from those, uh, the smaller, uh, oh, what are they called, docks and, and something else. Sort of nettles. And the, yes, yeah, the yeah, small yeah, ones. Yeah. So I, I, I get allergies in the summer. And I noticed that I didn't have my usual uh, hourly sneeze in <laughs> June, but I've been noticing it now late in July. Mm. And I thought that was quite interesting. I mean, what does that mean for the... The plant life. According to a biologist at the Icelandic Institute of Natural History, mm. the grass pollen is increasing now because the weather is improving. But it's only happening oh, now because the weather's improving. Very late. Yeah, so birch pollen has been low because mm. it's been a cold spring. I used to suffer a huge amount with hay fever and allergies, mm. but, but mainly as a child and teenager, I sort of grew out of it. And I remember when I used to walk to primary school when I was a very small child, mm. I would walk past rapeseed oil, fields of rapeseed oh, oil, yeah. and my arms and my legs for about 10 minutes would be covered with this horrible Ooh. rash, but then it would disappear as quickly as it arrived. Wow. It was really strange, and I got tested for it, and there was one type of pollen that I was just off the charts allergic Highly to. Highly allergic to it. But, but nothing else, and, and then it, you know, it sort of went away over the years happily, or that kind of pollen is not in evidence in Iceland, it oh, seems. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. We, <laughs> we, we do have those uh, big, like, rapeseed field oil fields that we have been growing. Uh, interestingly enough, the, um, the airport in Keplavik, they have been slowly changing out the oil and gas that they use for their all the work instruments and the, the small cars on the uh, airfield yes. and using Icelandic rapeseed oil. Okay. So this is sort of their way of, of slowly but steady becoming like carbon neutral, which, you know, can you as a, an airport? Well, a lot of airports <laughs> believe that they can and they certainly try to, don't they? Yes. So the, And there is, I, I like this development of using sort of grown in Iceland rapeseed oil for their cars. And they have been buying uh, like electric planes as well, which is a new hmm. interesting development in in the air yeah well i mean what, once once you get a range from an electric car which means that for example you could drive to akureyri from from mm. Reykjavik confidently or indeed an electric plane that means you could fly from Iceland to the USA or to Europe confidently. Mm-hmm. That feels to me like the kind of tipping point. That will be the point at which we go, right, electric is the future. It just doesn't feel either in the air or on the road that we're quite there yet, which is surprising, I think, given how popular electric cars seem to be oh, yeah. in Iceland. Very, very popular because we do have um, a good base infrastructure yeah. for electric cars, although there is a great need for more um, of, of those plugs around Iceland. So I think we have too many electric cars and not <laughs> enough uh, plugs. Yeah. Well, I lived in central London uh, when I was working in London for the last seven or eight years. And the idea of me having an electric car was just completely rep- preposterous because really? you're right in the centre of a big city. Yeah, you don't so, need a car. Like well, yeah, I, I do need a car. I need a car. I would drive around <laughs> my... You're a car would guy and you lived around... in London. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a petrolhead. I would drive around my flat if I could. But... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, if you live in a big city or a, a sort of congested or, or you know busy place, mm. there isn't the room for the chargers. Not everyone in a flat yeah, can have their true. own charger. I think it's easier here because there is more space and people are more likely to live in an area with a bit more space and they can perhaps tap into a mm-hmm. into a charger. We shall see. Um, I want to turn to interest rates because they fell to 7.6% in July. That is the mm-hmm. lowest for nearly, in yes. fact, for over a year. We've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this, but we've also been waiting for interest rates to fall. Mm-hmm. And at least one professor, this is Katrin Olafsdottir, Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Reykjavik, says we might see interest rates stick this month, Oof. but not necessarily fall. Okay, well, that is such a shame. (laughs) But one thing that's coming with this is that we we will be, well, I'm thinking we will then slowly turn into a, it will be a buyer's market Mm. for um, apartments and flats and houses, uh, which, you know... It doesn't feel like it's been that for a while. Oh, God, no. It's because I, I was looking for an apartment the last year. Yeah. And, oh, it just feels like hitting a wall. The, you see those prices being raised. And then you get really scared that you're going to miss out on a good flat. And you're thinking, no, it's just going to, the right the the price is just going to keep rising and rising. I have to get it now. Get it now. Yes. And you're competing with all of these different people. So, oh, I think it'll be a good balance to go into a buyer's market. Well, we're renting for the next year at least. Mm-hmm. And then we'll look at buying somewhere, mm-hmm. perhaps. And that might not be a bad time to do it, if, if what you say is true. Perhaps not. There was an interesting turn, like, during COVID, uh, around, like, 2021, mm. where the market was very, very... In, or maybe, yeah, 2020, 2021. The market was really interesting because... You had uh, a lot of apartments like becoming free and, and you had like a buyer's market. The interest rates were like just perfect. Yes. And so the the sales went up like, I don't know, like 30%. It was something like a huge increase. And then suddenly we go into 2022, 2021, 2022, and we have this ugh, awful, awful yes. <laughs> scenario. And 13 interest rate rises in a row. So if interest rates, even if they stick, even if they don't go up, mm-hmm. at the end of August, I think, is the next point that the decision is made, Yeah, um, that will represent a change in itself because yeah. the pattern has been up and up and up and up for over a year. Constantly, yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're like <laughs> like playing a game of like Mario Brothers right before yeah. you get to the end point. <laughs> uh, gosh, and the, the way the interest rate just kept rising, yeah. that actually meant like when I had my, my old apartment, uh, I think the price of it, I bought it for like 43 million uh, Icelandic kroner. And in 2022, or no, hang on, was it? No, no, no. Now, now in 2023, mm. we were selling for 63. So it's 20 million kroner uh, price rise yes. in that small amount of time, two years. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Incredible. Even me saying that, having been <laughs> so, I still think it's ridiculous. Yes. And well, I mean, having lived in London, I can tell you that's still... Yeah, gosh. well, we've never been much for, for a good balance here in Iceland. It's always going <laughs> to... F- it's one or the other, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, let's talk briefly about what's happening on Grimsey, uh, Iceland's northernmost island, the northernmost territory of the country, apart from Kolbinsey, which mm. is a scrap of gravel a little bit further north than that. But anyway, uh, Grimsey is right at the, the very north of the country. Cruise ships have been calling there 
for about 10 years now. Mm -hmm. But people who visit the island on a cruise ship, they tend not to stay because they've got their boat. So most visitors will just be there for a day. The island gets very, very busy. People don't really contribute to the local economy. They go back on the cruise ships. Mm -hmm. um, there's a call now for some kind of tourist tax for people who come to the island by cruise ship to mm -hmm. help build new infrastructure, hiking paths, that sort of thing. Um, and there are quite a few communities, I think, around the country who are looking at the contribution or not, maybe, mm -hmm. that is made by cruise ship passengers. Do you think this is something we're going to hear more of? Oh, definitely. Because, well, when we started having this big increase in, in, in cruise ship travellers to Iceland, mm. I remember the like people were saying, oh, this will be great. They stop and they buy and buy and buy and then they continue. And now when we're looking back at it, that doesn't seem to be the case. They'll stop, they'll look around for a bit, mm. but the contribution in terms of just, just money yeah. is not enough to keep the infrastructure good. Yeah, like what's happening in, in Grimsey. And I noticed this is a... Did you did you see the news in Akureyri about all of this pollution coming from yes. that one big cruise yes. ship? Yes. It was... And it went all up the fjord, this, this almost like what we're having now in Reykjavik with the pollution yeah. from the volcanic yeah. eruption. But this was one from one big cruise ship polluting the whole town. And the mayor was furious, wasn't oh, yeah, she? Oh, furious. Yeah, because, yeah. And there's a lot of anger about this cruise ship tourism in Amsterdam, I think they're just going to put a full-on ban on cruise ship tourism. Mm. I suppose in Grimsey as well, there isn't a lot of opportunity for people to spend money anyway. It's not mm. as if they can go into the town centre and spend spend their cash on lots of different things because it's a small place, yes. 61 people live there. There isn't a lot to spend your money on. So mm -hmm. it, it's obvious really that people who, if they're on a cruise ship and they get ferried, because they have to be, you can't dock a cruise ship at Grimsey, mm -hmm. they get ferried to the island Chances are they're already going to be making their meal plans on the ferry. Yeah. They're not even going to go to the cafe, perhaps, and, yeah. and spend money there. And the big thing is, like, do you want to change, like, a, a small quaint village like Grimsey into, like, a like a booming uh, town with, with lots of shops? And, I mean, yeah. that would just sort of ruin the, the reason people go to visit it, which is to see this, like, beautiful small community in Grimsey and the, and the gorgeous nature. You don't yeah. exactly go there to do your shopping. Well, I, exactly. But I must I must declare my own interest here that when we went to Grimsey, which was many years ago, we flew there. Oh, interesting. Uh, from Akureyri. And obviously that's a much shorter trip than if mm. you get the ferry from Akureyri. But, you know, we were just there for the day. We didn't stay overnight. And in mm -hmm. fact, we... I think we're there for about 90 minutes because the plane was scheduled to fly back about 20 minutes after it landed. Mm -hmm. But the pilot said, you know, you can stay for an hour. I'm going for a coffee with my friend. <laughs> yeah, I so feel that worked like, out quite well. I feel like a, a, like a little tourist tax might even be necessary for small communities like mm. that. Mm. And I don't think it will be, uh, you know, that it will push people away. I think no. people will still be interested in seeing the island. And I think it's fair. I mean, I, I would pay that sort of tax, you know, as an Icelander just to go and see it. Yeah, if yeah. I would know that it would support the community and their infrastructure. It blows my mind that the Arctic Circle is actually moving further north very slowly. The Arctic Circle? The Arctic Circle. Oh, and, yes. And, it, and it, you know, it currently goes through the island of Grimsey. Mm. But at some point, Grimsey is not going to be an Arctic island. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> But with like, well, the whole like shipping routes might change like around the world might change in just the next 10, 20 years. Yeah. Because yeah. we're seeing all of this um, like ice from the Arctic is slowly melting away and we're seeing 
uh, a lot of interest, especially from Russia and yes. China, about the shipping routes north. They're calling it sort of the new the Silk Road. There'll be the Silk Road oh, of the, the future. Oh, the new Northwest Passage, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I think there's a lot of um, military interest, especially about the location of Iceland, in terms of um, having a good base for that. Yes route in the future, the new Well, yeah, Iceland and also Greenland, they've always been of interest to the military, Mm -hmm. various militaries around the world because of where they happen to be. I think, was it Greenland that was part of the so-called early warning system when the Cold War was at its height? Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah, and the the Americans had um, built up a base there. And uh, Iceland, obviously, we had the British and American army coming over in Second World War because of fear that the Nazis would sort of take over Iceland and therefore take over the Atlantic Ocean. They had Britain in a stronghold at one point. And so there was this moment in history where it all depended on uh, claiming Iceland in a way to claim the Atlantic Ocean. Well, we've travelled a long way from the tourist tax on Grimsby, haven't we? Well, we do this, don't we? (laughs) As far as our conversation is concerned. Uh, I think we have covered quite a lot of ground, though, conversationally, I think it's fair to say. Big news week. Big news week. I'm going to play out with a piece of music today, and you're a big fan of this band, Goose Goose. Ooh, we're playing Goose Goose. Um, loving this. I first encountered them a very, very long time ago. They never quite broke through in quite the way internationally that uh, Sigur did, or, mm. or Björk, obviously, or the Sugar Cubes, but they are still making music. Yeah, and they do have a a cult following. And I think if you see their old music videos from like early 2000s, there's this just raw like sexual energy that people just get like hooked on, Mm. hooked on. Yeah, well, they've still got it as this song, Ever, which means or, is going to testify. It's about seven minutes long. We'll play the whole thing. Yes. We can do that, can't we? Ingrid Lara, Christian's daughter, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining me today on this episode of The Week in Iceland from Ruv English. You can get in touch with us anytime. We are English at ruv.is.
listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.